Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The IOC is in bed with China. Beijing hosted the Olympics in 2008, Summer Games. They did it in spectacular fashion, but even then it was apparent to many of us that the IOC was aiding and abetting a problematic regime. That's Bob Costas. He was on with Jake Tapper on Friday, I think. Bob Costas, who has been the face of the Olympics, geez, most of my adult life, um, saying the IOC is in bed with China. Old pink-eyed Bob Costas waking up to the uh, the Red Menace. Sure, sure. They're like the WHO and uh, other organizations. They figure, ah, we got to have China, so we got to kiss their communist heinies. Some people are criticizing Bob Costas for not saying that sort of thing when he was the face of the Olympics and could have said that on NBC, as opposed to now that he's no longer broadcaster. Yeah, I mean, it would have been nice if he'd thrown his career on the bonfire. Um, I hesitate to, you know, demand that of him. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, that is a tough one. He has a contract, you know, it might have, you know, it might have violated it to do that. But, you know, you can judge him however you want. I, I, I get why, you know, every sportscaster in the world doesn't howl about the sins of their particular sport while they're doing games. Well, I think the Russians gave him the pink eye just as a warning. Putin probably <laughs> had think? him. Uh, yeah. Okay, that's one theory. <laughs> well, he poisons people. He does all kinds of stuff. He gave they gave uh, Costas the pink eye. That's just a little taste of what we can do. Right. Want, uh, uh, next time it'll be the Polonium uh, Eleven or Apollonia Six or whatever it was. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, Jake Tapper. Speaking of Jake, man, did he bring it talking about China and the Olympics? This was so great. We played it early this morning, but uh, I wanted everybody to be able to hear it. Uh, maybe you're listening via podcast, whatever. Um, but let's just go ahead. He's talking about the IOC and China and that unholy relationship. But then he gets into American corporations and all sorts of good stuff. Let's uh, start with 70, Michael. Now, not only is the International Olympic Committee, which will hold the 2022 Winter Games in China, not only is the IOC not raising its voice in solidarity and protest, the IOC is helping the Chinese government by providing them cover. On November 21st, and then again last Wednesday, the IOC told the world that they had held video calls with Peng Shui. For neither call did the IOC release the video or even a transcript. The IOC has not mentioned her allegations of sexual assault, nor would the IOC explain who set up these calls. The IOC is behaving like a mob lawyer. Yep, yeah. Uh, the IOC has always been corrupt. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the I mean, world just kind of ignored it. Right. Right. And I appreciate Jake uh, pointing it out as strongly as he did. The fact that the IOC is corrupt and in bed with China is not exactly shocking. I think the more powerful stuff was when he started to talk about American corporations. And uh, let's go ahead with 71, Michael. Of course, Apple and Nike publicly claim to decry slave labor. But to be clear, the behavior we are seeing from U.S. corporations it's not about a company surviving. It's about discontent with just hundreds of millions of dollars, desiring instead billions of dollars. And those riches, they create blinders so that you get comments like this one about the Chinese government this past week from billionaire hedge fund manager Ray Dalio. Now, as a top-down country, what they're doing is that it's that kind of like a strict parent. They behave like a strict parent. And they go through that. 
That is their approach. We have our approach. A strict parent, just like, you know, Casey Anthony. Good one. Joe Good boy. one, Jake Tapper. You know, on the IOC thing, I think back in the day, we always knew they were corrupt. We did a bunch of stories over the many years. But it, their corruption was, you know, they chose this country. They chose France instead of Italy for the Olympics because they bribed them more. Who cares? I don't care where the Olympics end up. I think that's why it was, it was corrupt, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't that important. Now that they're covering for an evil regime hell-bent on taking over the world, committing genocide, it matters. Yeah, it, it really illustrates the depth of their amorality. They're not merely greedheads. They're utterly amoral greedheads. What do you think about Biden's announcement? Has he officially done it today of the uh, diplomatic boycott of the Olympics? Does that matter at all? Um, I'm about to sneeze. Uh-oh, Omicron. <laughs> that, Omicron. Oh, oh, now that everybody's was, got it. I know the sound of the sneeze. That's Omicron right oh, there. Nah, I was just, I just, I was in South Africa for a week and, uh, I've seen the face masks. of Omicron and it is Joe Getty. Oh boy. Oh, I'm glad I shaved. Anyway, uh, where were we? Ah, the, uh, diplomat. No, I've been hearing about that for weeks and I just, I, I it's, it's a gesture, but meh. It's just a gesture. I, I, suppose- I don't think Xi Jinping is going to say, you know what? We're making a lot of people really mad. We should probably stop building those military bases in the South China Sea. I suppose the problem is you can't not do it. It doesn't mean anything, but not doing it would just have been egregious. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, you had to, and you went ahead and did it. It's kind of a neutral. It's not a negative. Um, and then I, I want to play one more click, clip from Jake, because this is where he really, uh, really brings it home. And I wonder, Jack, my question to you at the end of this is, will we hear more of this from center and left America? Because for the longest time, because Trump was hard on China, the left was easy on China to prove that they weren't like that damned Trump. And every China hawk was on the right side of the aisle. If you're a lefty China hawk, you couldn't get any air. Nobody wanted to talk to you because that that, that hurt the narrative. Uh, go ahead with 72, Michael. Disney, of course, bought the rights to The Simpsons for its streaming service. And this last week, we learned that this 2005 episode, which shows The Simpsons in Beijing's Tiananmen Square, the site of a brutal crackdown on pro-democracy protesters, a sign reads in The Simpsons episode, on this site in 1989, nothing happened. And that episode... That's not available for Disney Plus subscribers in Hong Kong. Disney has not responded to requests for comment. That Simpsons episode in Hong Kong disappeared, like Peng Shui, disappeared like citizen journalist Zhang Zhan, whom the Chinese government has locked up for telling the truth about COVID-19, disappeared like the consciences of the millionaires and billionaires in Hollywood and the NBA and the IOC and Wall Street We're all so eager for Chinese cash. They are pretending none of this is happening. There is no amount of money that can buy enough soap to wash that blood off their hands. That is some pretty strong stuff from Jake Tapper on CNN. And I got to believe he's going to bring heaping helpings of that when the Olympics are on here in a not that long. Well, I would love to see Jake Tapper and Sean Hannity. And us, and you name them, bringing the same sort of heat. I I think it's increasingly likely. 
Uh, I hope so. Whoever thought the uh, the Simpsons would become a, uh, a, a, a punching bag, a football in the contest between America and China? How can you possibly do that as a company, though? And China says, oh, you got to take that episode out. No. Say, okay. No. No, we don't have to take that out. Then you can't be here. All right. You got to deal with billions of dollars. You can see what they did. Same thing the movie companies do. Meanwhile, Bart Simpson saying, eat my shorts because we have no food here in the concentration camps. Oh, my mm. God. Oh, my God. Don't have a cow because the government will confiscate it. Oh, oh. I'm Joe Getty. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was That's one right. of your worst. What? That was really one of your worst. What? Um, yeah, and the you know speaking of China, the piece on 60 Minutes, which we could uh, play some clips from uh, maybe next segment, but... Uh, Jack Ma, one of the richest men in the world, China's most famous billionaire. He disappeared for a long time. And then when he came back, he was all humbled. What did they do to him? Or what did they threaten him with? He's been keeping his mouth shut ever since. What did they do to him? Did they, they, do you think they went so far as to like flat out threaten him and his family? Yes. It, maybe not physically, but they would say, we'll confiscate every dollar you have. We'll confiscate your home, your cars, everything. You will be living on the streets. And we'll make sure nobody gives you a crust of bread. Sure, that'd probably be enough. And then they'd probably put him in uh, house arrest, maybe in, in one tiny room, maybe a cell, for a couple months to make sure he knew they were serious. And out he came, humbled and quiet. Yeah, like the tennis player. Mm-hmm. Armstrong and Getty. The new COVID-19 variant is causing global alarm as some countries scramble to enact fresh travel restrictions in an attempt to contain the latest coronavirus threat. The new Omicron COVID variant could already be in the United States, but many Americans may not be ready to hear it. Reaction to the latest threat. This new threat of the Omicron variant. On the economic threat posed by the Omicron variant. The potential threat from Omicron. The emerging threat of Omicron. The Omicron variant poses a new threat. The potential threat posed by uh, this new Omicron variant. And what Americans need to know about the evolving threat. Wow. How many of the people there using their serious voices like something bad has happened? Um, You said earlier, and you're absolutely right, we're reacting to the Omicron variant. As if it was an alien invasion. Oh, yeah. And they were blasting people with ray guns. Yeah. <laughs> As if the War of the Worlds was actually unfolding and Martians were emerging from their mysterious craft and murdering people wholesale. I mean, the Omicron variant <laughs> might be the best thing that's ever happened. We don't know. It could be an incredibly mild variant that seriously sickens virtually nobody. It gets everybody at least some level of immunity. And then we go on with our lives, which we're going to do anyway. This thing, the, the one variety, you know what? It's it's clear to me what's happening. And partly it's the ignorance of the, the newsreaders of America. We've known these people, and there are absolutely exceptions. There are 100% exceptions. But a huge number of them speak clearly, and they're pretty. End of qualifications. They couldn't, they don't have enough thoughts uh, together in their head. One thought will wander lonely for its entire life without running into another thought in their brains. Okay. <laughs> and so they have no idea what they're talking about. Oh, it, uh, it's just, uh, so it's clear to me what's happening though. Uh, variant after variant. 
you know, just minor story after minor story, wrinkle after wrinkle, comes and goes, comes and goes, comes and goes. And we're all sick of it, right? I can I can hear you. I, I hear you, my friends. You're sick of it, too. It will be very soon that this now endemic disease, which means it'll be part of our lives forever and will probably evolve to be less and less dangerous. It, these are the death throes, not of a poor, unfortunate COVID patient, God rest their souls, but the death throes of the ability of the media and the government to manipulate us out of the wildly inflated COVID fear. We do have two cases officially in the United States now, one in the San Francisco area, one uh, Minnesota person who traveled to New York. Big Checking myself for S's, I got none to give. Well, the question I was going to ask is, of all those newsreaders who were using their serious, scared voice, how many of them were actually worried about it themselves? You know, you saw the video probably, or maybe you didn't, uh, of Joe Biden inside a crowded store with no mask on over the weekend. He was in some store mm-hmm. shopping with no mask on, and uh, there's a sign on the door that says you have to be masked to come in the store. Days before, for that. days before he extended the federal mask mandate. And he's an old man. Yeah, He's got way more to worry about it than I do. He wasn't worried. Most of those news readers aren't worried. That's the weirdest thing about all this is people talking about it, but they aren't actually scared of it themselves. I'm not right. worried about it. I am worried about the reaction to it. That's the only reason I'd mention the Omicron cases in the United States. Is that going to lead to more shutdowns of this or shutdowns of that? Are we going to end up like Australia? Like Australia. Have you heard this one? The question really is, how much longer will this country continue to tolerate this? You've got to wonder. And what happens if we keep tolerating it? We don't need to wonder about that because we've got Australia as an example. Consider this new video. It's from an Australian newscast this morning. Watch as the anchor announces the breaking news of the day, which is the escape of three inmates, Australian citizens, from a COVID concentration camp. We start with breaking news out of Darwin, where three people have escaped from the Howard Springs COVID quarantine facility. Talia Saab is there for us. Talia, good morning. There's a search underway right now. Yes, that's right, Davina. Good morning to you. We've been told the trio scaled the fence in the early hours of this morning. Police receiving reports around 4.40am. Now, major police checkpoints have been set up around Howard Springs for the past several hours. As you can see in these pictures, they've been conducting thorough searches in car boots, checking vehicle registrations, cars and buses alike. As, as if they were looking for Khalid Sheikh Mohammed in the days after 9-11, if you haven't seen this video in Australia, they've got lines of cars on every road going anywhere from that prison. If you're not allowed to leave, it's a prison. I don't mm-hmm. care. Um, yep. uh, if you get COVID, they make you stay there. A couple of people with COVID left. And they're checking every car, long lines of cars, and they got people with guns and, you know, official llama cop suits, you know, getting everybody out of the car, opening up the trunk like you're looking for freaking Bin Laden. Right. Because three people with COVID left the place. Australia has lost its mind. I've said this before. Some of their draconian measures and crackdowns are just utterly unjustifiable and this is this is a fellow country that emerged from the tradition of english common law which makes it extra crazy if kim jong fathead is doing this I, whatever i don't care but one of the the, the british commonwealth countries I, this is scary for something that 99 and a half percent of people who, who get it survive um that's that's an interesting reaction and by the way those numbers were from the pre-vaccine era true that true that 
Um, so I don't know. I, I, I hope that's not the direction we're going. Or if we ever have another one of these, that that's what we do. What would it have been like if the D's had been in charge when this thing hit in March of 2020? Oh, my. I have no idea. Wow. Wow. Well, all I know is, and I'm, I'm not trying to be a, a brave little man, depending on the height of the fence, I'm in one of those camps. I walk the F out. Come and find me. Come and f- charge me. Let's have the court case. Can't wait. Of course, that's, you know, based on American law, not uh, Aussie law, which God knows it involves, you know, qualities. It's a kangaroo court. There's no denying that. (laughs) It's hard to avoid. Well, right. (laughs) Right. Um, They got kangaroos as bailiffs. You mouth off to the judge, they punch you right in the head with their big paws. Oh, you will be tried by uh, kangaroos of your peers or something. (laughs) What? (laughs) Um. I uh, I got to talk to a whole... Put, you, put your hand on the koala and swear to tell the truth. <laughs> that oh, probably boy. doesn't happen. No. Probably no, not. Seemed, it would be silly. <laughs> Who'd swear with their hand on a koala? It's a, it's a live animal. It's, yeah. it's crazy. No religion based on the koala. Right. That I'm aware of. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. True international depression. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. I got my sexy pants on. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And now, for some reason, Billie Eilish singing the theme song from Friends. So no one told you life was gonna be this way. There you go, the emo version. Your job's a joke, you broke. Your love life's DOA. Yeah, this is pretty cool. It works. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's good, Michael. That that's really interesting because those those lyrics are downer lyrics. To an up-tempo, fun tune where we all clap, sure. right. but she puts it in that uh, context, and that, that that makes perfectly good sense. She's not cavorting in a fountain in this version. Oh. Of course, in this one, Ross is like a cannibal or something. <laughs> <laughs> they go ahead and show Chandler abusing drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, Chandler's oh, he, his real-life heroin addiction shows up on the show. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, the whole... Uh, purring woman, child, sex, kitten approach to singing. Uh, I find it creepy. And I'm looking at you, Brittany. <laughs> you started it. Um, or Eartha Kit probably started it, but it, it made me uncomfortable. The whole goth emo thing. I, I wonder if I got a kid that's going to go through a period of that where it's just, just probably, probably. Yeah. I saw an old family photo where one of my kids was absolutely down that road. It comes, it goes. And yeah, yeah, oh yeah. One of the good things of being my age is I realize these kind of things come and go. Yeah, you gotta you gotta try it on for size. Figure out who you are. Yeah, I get it. I absolutely get it. Um, I had one thing. Oh, good news. Good news. They are going to allow cameras and audio from the Jesse Smollett trial. Oh yes. Because I think this is going to be damned oh, entertaining. Yes, please. Got it. 
I really don't. I don't know what sort of charges he's facing or like what kind of time he's facing. I can't believe he's not telling his lawyers settle, settle. Don't bring this. Don't let this go to trial. Don't let the world hear in great detail my moronic, embarrassingly stupid plan. I think he's counting on a. He'll get a friendly black jury that doesn't care the facts of the case because he'll cry racism and they'll buy it. And and B, that most of his people, by which I mean his would-be fans and that sort of thing, they're never going to hear the rough part of the trial. They won't have it on oh. CNN. They won't air it on MSNBC. This is going to be so hilarious. If you don't remember him, he's an actor who I didn't know who claimed he was attacked in the middle of the night by some MAGA hat-wearing Trump fans. Yes, white guys, 3 a.m., Chicago, it's like 20 below zero. Had a rope and some bleach, and the term lynching got thrown around a lot. Yeah, yeah by Kamala Harris. It turns out he hired a couple of dudes to kind of kick him around a little, and there's receipts for them buying the rope and the bleach like an hour earlier at Home Depot. On camera. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Jimmy. It's time to go out and do our racist patrol. Uh, Clem, it's, uh, it's 3 a.m. It's 30 degrees below zero. It's a heavily black neighborhood of Chicago. You think we ought to be ooching around in our MAGA hats and everything? I tell you what, the racism isn't going to do itself. we got to get out there and do it. Said nobody ever. Yeah. GC Sommelier, as one of our emailers put it. <laughs> so the great resignation is going on. We've had several months in a row where astounding numbers of people have quit their jobs. Mostly, I guess it's believed that they're finding better jobs mm, because of the tight labor market. That's part of it. I don't think that's the main part. You know, what's the main part? The main part is that so much of life is just inertia. You're on a track. You're doing a thing. You're afraid to disrupt it because you're not sure what will happen. And and so you just don't. You stay on that track. You keep working for that company. And because the vid and the remote work are getting laid off or, or government money rolling in or whatever, a number of people have had their inertia halted. And they've, they've thought, you know what? I'm going to reconsider this whole deal. So they uh, looked at some Gallup polls and talked to some experts and figured out what is the number one thing that will keep people around at their job. And that is big old candy dish, free M and M candy dish oh, with yeah. like Jolly Ranchers in it or suckers, and everybody sticks their sweaty, grimy hands oh, into the M and M. Please don't pile and picks out a couple. There. Now it's having a best friend at work. Ah, yeah. having a best friend at work, you're more as twice as likely to be engaged in your workplace compared to uh, people who don't have a best friend. So it's 60-30 on that, 63-29, actually. Um, And they talk in here about how Zoom has made that damn near impossible. So if one of the things that keeps you happy at work, whether you recognize it or not, is working with some people you like seeing every day, Mm -hmm. um, and now you don't see them anymore, and it's just the job, I can see how this, I can see how it would be that way. Yeah. You know, I was reading a piece. It was, a, I think it was the New York Times, but they were talking about how incredibly difficult this whole thing has been for young people getting into the professional world. And they never exchange the casual conversations that what'd you do this weekend? The, and, and often that comfort leads to, to 
be able to just ask your boss a question, your supervisor, a quick the informal question that's so much more formal and public on like a Zoom meeting. Mm, yeah, no and, doubt. And how, so there's the social thing that's missing. There's the, you know, the quick, hey, if you have a second, what about thing that's become much more uh, difficult for young professionals and my daughter's in this position and it's just, it's, it's rough for them. I feel for them. And it's one of the reasons I'm really rooting for everybody to just decide, look, the COVID's going to be around. Protect yourself the way you think is fit. Let's get back to work. I'm having a sip of coffee. I have Good more man. thoughts Sorry on this, but you know, I should have get back to work and do what you do best. The business of America is business. Let's all come together lest we fall apart. Back to Jack, who's done with his coffee. <laughs> um, I left you hanging. I'm a, uh, an introvert. I was going to say Luddite. That's a person who hates technology. An introvert. Um, well, you're both, but misanthrope. Yes. And I miss the number of people like not individual people really but just the vibe of the people being around i miss it in it for a year and a half now it's the few people that are on the air on the radio station are here and nobody else there's like a hundred people missing yeah and i miss it it's not as I don't know if fun's the right word but probably is the right word it's just there's an energy or something mm. missing that I notice every single day. I come here, I do this job, and then I just kind of walk out to my car, and I think, well, I guess that's in the, in the end of another day at work. <laughs> it's just weird. Um, well, and uh, and I'm coming in if you're if you're doing Zoom only. I can't imagine how weird that feels. Well, the the hustle and bustle of the parking lot, even running yeah. into people in the yeah. elevator, all that's uh, you right know, to a large extent gone. It's just so weird. Yeah, and if and and if you start at a new job. This way, I just can't imagine how you have any feeling of attachment whatsoever. Right, right. So the number one thing to end the great resignation, according to experts, like if you're a boss or something, and you're trying to figure out how to keep people from quitting, figure out a way to make people interact, whether it's bring them back into the workplace or maybe have Zoom meetings where there's no business to be done. You're just all there. That's the trouble with Zoom, though. I notice all yeah. the time there only one person gets to talk at a time. Yeah. So if you had 30 people on the screen, the pushiest, loudest people dominate all the conversation before the meeting starts. In a normal conference room, you're talking to your friend next to you because you sat next to each other on purpose. Mm-hmm. And you, up until the meeting starts, you're kind of talking amongst yourself. Can you believe blah, blah, blah? Yeah. Can you believe the Lakers lost to the Kings over the weekend or whatever you're talking about? Yeah. But on the Zoom yeah. meeting, the one loud person gets to dominate all the talk up until the meeting starts. And you, nobody talks to anybody. You know, I would say just to flip it on its head, and a lot of you uh, astute people have already picked up on this, but if you are a supervisor, you're a team leader, you're a boss or whatever, understand that your new people are really uncomfortable asking you anything or saying anything. They don't feel like they know you. They don't feel like they have any status. They're they're much less sure of themselves than you're probably imagining. I can, I'm trying to, I'm just picturing though the way the regular boss is going to handle this. So you're all going to be on the Zoom meeting. They're going to, we're going to go around and everybody he's going to get to share a little bit about themselves. Jenny, tell us about yourself so we can get to know you, which is going to end up being worse than if you had not done it at all. (laughs) As opposed to like actually bonding with somebody that's your age or like you, or you notice them listening to music you like or whatever it is. Right, right, right. They're, They're no laughing together, you know? 
I can't imagine. I think about my young years at working, and I was at radio stations, but God, we had so much fun. And mm-hmm. if none of that had occurred, oh my God, I would have missed out on some of the best times of my life if those couple of years had been carved out of just, nope. Uh, your classes are online. Your job's online. Oof. Feel sorry for the young people. I'm old Oof, and bitter. Indeed. It doesn't make any difference to us. We're old and bitter. Well, and it's especially embittering because the young people are going to be 99, 99.999% of them going to be perfectly fine even if they get a case of the Chinese bad fever. I'm a nihilist. I got nothing going for me. But mm. the young people that still have that spark of hope in their eyes. A Luddite misanthrope nihilist. <laughs> What a charming fellow. <laughs> <laughs> eh, boy. Uh, now, kids, I tell you what, you just, unless you're some completely paranoid lefty college student indoctrinated by your Marxist professor's cuckoo bird, venture out into the world. My, my, my kid, I shouldn't talk about my specific kids. Um, but one of them lives in a very blue part of America. And has just kind of seeped up the, the culture of being crazy COVID careful. Plus, she has some friends who are immune compromised. So it's, you know, it's a little more of a thing. But, um, and I just, I worry because youngsters, you're going to be fine. You've got practically nothing to fear from the vid. Well, not, okay. That overstates it. You have very little f- uh, to fear. Maybe you're a long hauler. Maybe you get the, the mental fuzz for a while, but. You know, and, and I came up with this this weekend. I should have T-shirts made or, or uh, motivational posters or something. Don't be so obsessed with not dying that you forget to live. Ooh, that's a good one. Thanks, brother. Thank you. That's a good one. Thank you. I'm Joe Getty. And there's like a hawk soaring over a lake or something. I hadn't thought about what animal, because you got to have an animal. I don't know. Hawk would be good. Wolf howling at the moon. Arr! I don't know. Kind of a cliche. <laughs> Both my kids have wolves howling at the moon T-shirts. They're they're very popular. How about how about this? How about a big elk with a big rack? It's a reference to its horns, not its breasts. Um, you know, like on a mountaintop, staring into the distance. What do you think of that? <laughs> Maybe there's a wolf in the background. I don't know. Armstrong and Getty. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. But resist. We must. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So I got to have a conversation the other day with a guy who had been homeless for a long time. Like many, many years. He has not been homeless for seven years. The reason he's no longer homeless. Well, he started by, uh, he recognized me, and then he told me he'd been homeless. And he said, everything you guys say about the homeless thing is correct. He was homeless. And is no longer homeless because he stopped doing drugs and drinking. You mean because rents came down? Because government policies for lower rent got him into a... No, because he stopped doing drugs and drinking. And he said, and that's what everybody out there is doing. Yeah. Living with all these people. And he talk, He had several interesting stories that I thought um, I would pass along. One, he said the real ballers, he used the term ballers, in the <laughs> homeless community... He said, are the, are the people that have figured out a way to get a disability check? He said, they're the ballers. They get a check every single month and they've figured out how to do that. And then they still live the, the live the homeless lifestyle out there. So that's just fantastic. Um, and I suppose there's all kinds of different ways to figure out how you get on a, a disability check that you get coming in every single month. So that's, that's who, that's what you're aspiring to. If you're a drug addict, 
homeless person. You're expiring to be one of the people that figured out a way to get a disability check every month because then you can mm. just continue that lifestyle permanently. The other interesting thing that he told me was um, you, you regularly getting thrown in jail for a variety of things. You know, I didn't even ask him what things. <clears throat> what things you get sto- thrown in jail for? Anyway. It's getting harder and harder. Yeah. But he'd been in jail, in and out of jail a lot of times. And he said, every time you get in, thrown in jail, you lose all your stuff. He said, because no, it's not like anybody watches out for you or you know takes care of your stuff while you're gone. You lose all your stuff every time you get thrown in jail. So every time you get thrown in jail, you got to start over. So you're in jail for like a day. you got to start over. So you go to uh, the hardware store, and you steal a bolt cutter. He said, that's the first thing you do. You steal a bolt cutter, and then you go get yourself a bicycle, and then, then you start with the bike. And then you get the shopping cart, and then you steal a tent, and all that sort of stuff. So that's 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 how you do that. That's how you rebuild your life. And it takes a couple of days to rebuild your life, starting with stealing a bolt cutter from the hardware store. Wow, wow! And then you steal a tent from like REI or something like that, or wherever fine tents are sold. I guess I they probably know. have them anywhere with sporting goods. Bikes must be easy because every every homeless encampment you come across has got more bikes than they know what to do with i know i got my bike stolen last year so yeah yeah well yeah it occurs to me that well sure you go to a, a walmart or whatever department store and if they have an outdoors uh you know uh section you you grab a tent the big box you put it under your arm you walk up to the uh, cash registers you walk past the cash registers you walk out the door and no matter what you just keep walking because nobody can do anything so of course you can get a tent but how much, how much more difficult would it be for a homeless to do their thing if we could just stop them from stealing bolt cutters? I mean, that alone might have a huge impact on how much stuff gets stolen. Wow. So you got to put the bolt cutters behind glass or just stop stealing in general. If we get our, if we get a handle on the, 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 the smash and grab problem that we've got going on right now in America and particularly in the left coast, if we just get a handle on that, how much will that cut down on homelessness? Cause you don't have the bolt cutters, which means you don't get the bike as easily, which means you don't get to steal all the other stuff and live, you know, a comfortable enough life as a drug addict that you can hang out there along the bike path for the next six months. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm reminded of that giant smash and grab at the Home Depot in SoCal where they grab sledgehammers and crowbars and hammers to do more smash and grabs. That's right. exactly what you're talking smash, about. It's a step. Smash, smash. There's yeah. an expert on the top. Yeah. Guy probably yeah. involved in a smash and grab. Yeah. Um, but, but I, I thought it was interesting. There's a guy who's lived among the homeless for many years saying, yeah, they're all drug addicts or drunks. That's what we all are out there. Well, I would say not all homeless people are, but when you talk about what I often refer to as junkie camps, yeah, those are all yeah, drunks yeah. and drug addicts. He's talking about the community he was hanging out in. Sure, you got some somebody quietly living out of the back of the pickup or whatever. I'm not talking about that person. Um, you talk about somebody with a mental illness or whatever. I'm not talking about them, except except in terms of, and I will continue to talk about this, and we're looking forward to uh, uh, interviewing the author of this fabulous new book about it, the new meth that is causing severe mental illness within a few weeks is starting. It's chemically different. We've talked about it a couple of times. It's a terrible, terrible problem. But because and and this is get, a measure. And yeah, that, go that's ahead. permanent, right? You don't get yeah. to fix your brain on that? I don't think I don't think you can fix it. I think well, I think you can. F- uh, my recollection of the article was that when you stop doing it, you will slowly get better, but not 
all the way better. You will have done damage to your brain. But it's a measure of the dishonesty and the money flowing around in this thing that so many uh, people who claim to be advocates for the quote-unquote homeless refuse to address the question of the new meth because it sounds like victim-blaming or it, or it undermines their highfalutin argument that these are poor, unfortunate people just like us. We could be next, and that's why we need to pour billions and billions of dollars into it. It undermines that argument to admit, oh, they're doing meth all day long, and it's melting their frontal lobe. Back in the old days, going way back, everybody who would, who, who, if you're a substance abuse home-free person, and there weren't near as many because it wasn't as cushy a way to live, not as many people were going to give you a handout. No, it's um, hard to be a junkie. But they're all drunks back in the old days. And, you know, that's something you can quit, and you're fine. And you start your life over, or like this guy I met. You quit the drugs and the drinking, and you, you get, you, you know, he's a, He's a truck driver now and doing fine. But you do some of these drugs that ruin your brain like that new meth. They ain't, they ain't coming back from that. Yeah. That's yeah, a well, problem. Well, best wishes to that gent. Uh, stand a straight and narrow and enjoy your life, my friend. I'm, I'm happy for you. 